With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, here we go. This is going to be a unique podcast. My good friend Willie, a.k.a. Mizuno, a nickname that we don't need to get into the genesis or origin of, but uh, Willie is back. And we're in my podcast studio. We have we, we don't have the cool, like these are, these are Coors Light aluminum bottles, so we can't like give them the sound of it like opening. But we are drinking Coors Lights just like we were last time when you were on the podcast. The, uh, the Stealth Coors Light. The Stealth Coors Light. The, this might be our... This this beer makes me think of you. Whenever we play golf, me and you are usually pounding these kinds of beers. And the last time, I'm pretty sure these were the beers we drank in Florida when we were on the vacay when we're, we did the pot. We're pretty much Coors Lights across the board, and that's because yes. you know your your joke is one that I sheepishly <laughs> like, which is like werewolf killers. What what's a were, what is a werewolf killer? Well, it's a silver bullet. It's a Coors Light. See, that's a that's I mean that's a that's a big. I mean, is that a stretch though? That's not too big of a stretch for a nickname for a. Is it? Well. <laughs> For the listen, well, for the listeners, you know, you drive eight hours with Nick, Nick Baugh to Minnesota, and you know, you you see billboards or you see gas stations, and it's like you know, everything's a play on words. And yes. So uh, the silver bullets is not far. I mean, not even close. No. Your biggest I mean, stretch, like your Atom Morrison. It's like that's bad. A, that's an a ATM, bad. That's an ATM. That's an Atom Morrison. That's that, bad. That's a stretch. That's bad. I think. I mean, is it widely understood? Is this is do you, would you say a silver bullet is what kills a werewolf? Is that a widely understood fact? No, it's a riddle. So I, I that's the problem. Is like it's a stretch because the very premise of what the joke is is not widely understood. I mean, percentage of Americans that would get that riddle are pretty low. Two and ten. Two and ten might be high. Uh, so we got a bunch of stuff we were going to get to on this podcast. This is going to be more relaxed, more life, more drinking beers, more uh, kind of let your hair down, for lack of a better term. But I thought it was funny. So the last time you were on the pod, we were in Florida. Our families were vacationing together. It was around Father's Day. And we recorded a podcast drinking beer and talking about Husker football. And I pulled up the questions, kind of my outline for that podcast. And I think it'd be kind of funny to think about, like, here were, think about the questions that we had on that pod. Then think about the three and nine season that we just saw that was historically like uh, historic in a bad, in, in a bad and amazing way in a lot of different ways you want to kind of categorize that. And then kind of like, project where we think see things right now because what's interesting is i feel like i haven't talked husker football with you right now or in a while but the, so here were the questions we we had last last year what does a successful season look like i do not think it was go three and nine but i wrote down go to a bowl game i can't even remember what you six and six six and six a bowl game right I okay guess i suppose you could have got there at five and seven but right six and six in my mind and then the other thing was beyond just winning games, what was the number one thing on your list of something you want to see improve this year? And mine was just – my answer was offensive explosiveness, apparently. I, apparently, I was in an offensive mood. 
And certainly that didn't come yeah. to fruition. What I think you wanted to, I think I want, you were like a details, weren't no, you? No, mine was clean game. Clean game. I want to see clean games. Oh boy. Lose the games. That's fine. Play clean. <laughs> didn't happen, didn't at, happen all. at all. Didn't happen at all. So I mean, I, but what's weird though is like, I I know it's gets everybody said it a million times. Like it's the best three and nine team ever. But like it kind of what like if you go by the numbers, it was like the best three and nine team ever. But nevertheless, they went three and nine. You said something interesting when we before we even turned on the mics. Like when I asked you, okay, how would you look at? Because we'll I wanted to start <laughs> circling back on what we talked about in Florida. You you're checked out right now a little bit. Well, my my comment way back in in June or July, whenever that was, was is it a thing to be apathetic? Have yeah. apathetic enthusiasm? Okay. And now I'm just apathetic. Oh. Like I haven't thought about Husker football. Didn't even consider going to the spring game. I guess I was in Des Moines for my team. But nevertheless, that's tournament. like. But it's but still like. like it a, wasn't even a thought. Didn't right. want to watch the replay. Don't want to read rivals. Until something turns, I'm like where I was in. 2009 2010 with Chicago Cubs baseball fix it until you fix it and show me on the field I'm out because you can go back and be like we're the best three and nine team ever that's only something people of fans of the team say like nobody ex external is looking at Nebraska and be like well that's the best three and nine team ever they're like oh Nebraska we got them on the schedule they might as well be Rutgers right now I mean it's it's there's no way to push back on that at all and but here's okay here's Okay, but in two because you were a Cubs, you're a Cubs fan. You bring up the 2009 2010 area. You staying invested then? Did it make when was the World Series? 2015. 2015. Did did it make 2015? Did you check out? Like, were, was checked, your attitude? I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, if you know, there's that saying like the journey's the best part. You know, the journey's the best part. Like, is there something too right now? hanging in there as a fan and trying to stay locked in yeah. and then that'll make it that much better once it pops or is that a bunch of bullshit? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose that's individual to everybody. Yeah. And, and I mean, some people would say, well, you're a, you know, we, we all stick together in all kinds of weather. Like you, you're yeah. checking out, like, are you true Husker fan? We don't need you, man. Yeah. We don't need you in our fan base. Right. You get a lot of that. Well, yeah. And we talked about that last time, which is like, remember the whole conversation was, is a sellout streak a good thing or a bad thing? And we made point counterpoint. To yeah. That. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just time and energy and money. And, and those it, things right now with two younger kids, it's like, if you're going to go three and nine, you don't get my time. You don't get my energy and you don't get my money within reason. Yeah. Like I'm still going to go. I'm still a fan. I'm still going to support it. So I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. But at the end of the day, I'm not investing my other discretionary energy towards something that isn't serving me well. But are you, are you, do you have an ability to be, cause like what you said at the start of like being apathetic, but enthusiastic, are you, are you able to care without investing any emotion? Yeah. And I get better at that as I've gotten older. So I think like, that, yeah. Like 2000, then this is a story where maybe my wife says, don't tell that story. Right. 2000, <laughs> 2009, uh, after the Texas game. Okay. Right. Like, the, the the Big 12 championship yeah. game? Yeah. Where okay. they put uh, one second yeah. back on the okay. board. Like, I was so emotionally invested at that point where, like, the drunk comment to my wife is like, I've loved Husker football way longer than you. <laughs> right? Like, not, not a good comment to yeah. make. But, no, that's but not, like, at right. the same time, not, like, totally untrue because I've loved Husker football since I was a little kid. Sure. But through wisdom of 
the back end of that, like, it's not a good thing to say, and then yeah. you pay the price for that. But but like the moment where this first started to change for me is when BYU hit the hail mary against Nebraska in Riley's first game. That was the first time I ever walked out of the stadium being like, "It's over." Like I'm not not Nebraska football, but like my emotional. Your, how time, you were, yeah. we went to Barry's and I had a great time. Didn't think about the game. Yeah, that was like the beginning of being able to completely think, disassociate emotion from outcome. But but I think that's the thing that I unfortunately I think a lot of Husker fans have gotten a master's degree in is that I think a lot of them have. Well, you kind of have to, given what's happened to the program over the last, you know, how however many years. It's like, right. How long can you continue to be so upset about an outcome when the outcome's the same? But but here, true. But it's amazing how all something has to do is give you a little bit and it, and you kind of can get roped back into it because I won't name – I'm not going to name who I'm talking about here because I don't want to put them on Front Street. Is that what it is? Is that what the saying? I don't know I what don't that is. Put them on. I don't want to have – I don't want to I don't want to put them on the chopping block. That's not right either. <laughs> I don't know what that saying is. But uh, this individual at the start of the year last year was like all this – like I don't care. I don't even care if I watch the games. I don't know who they're playing. I don't know anything. And then the Northwestern game happened. Remember, 56-7, to seven, like ass-kicking, all that stuff. And that was on the heels of almost beating Oklahoma and like doing a lot of good things, but then ultimately you know, peeing in your pants and losing the game. And all it took was that Northwestern win, and then Michigan coming to town the next weekend, and that individual was like all back, back like in, they went to the bank, to, took out a whole bunch of emotional investment, <laughs> and, and then – put it all on the field for for that Husker Saturday night. So I think there's, I don't know, I think it's an interesting concept, though, on how people have gotten really good at what you're talking about. Yeah. But maybe it doesn't take much for you to come back in. Well, you asked a question about the Cubs, right? When it started to change for me is when the Tribune got out. So they, when Ricketts bought the club, got it away from the Tribune, which basically kind of historically looked at the Cubs as like, well, we'll sell out the stadium. We're making money. Like, we don't necessarily have to win. That's what piqued my interest, and that was a change. So I'd be lying if I said I'm not I'm, – I'm interested in what's right. happened in the offseason with the changes, whether it was Scott Frost's you know, proactive decision to do that or if Albert's you know, forced his hand. Combination. I don't really probably. care. I am interested that way because thinking back to last year, if you think about how we lost those games and what I wanted to see in the summer of June was clean. Like if you play clean, you win. Mm-hmm. Those games. But the biggest concern that I've always had from Frost's first year till now is that stuff, I don't care what your talent is or whose players they were, You can. that's something that you can control. You can control that. Mm-hmm. And we haven't. And so maybe now you, you bring in new coaches and a new attention to detail and what's well, it been, four or five years of getting your ass kicked? Yeah, like, four straight years. Four we'll straight, see, and this we'll is, we'll yeah. see. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say once – middle of August comes around that I'm not going to be excited for Husker football because I will. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I'm yeah. not going to waste my time and energy following it until that point. Because yeah. I just don't see it. I just don't. I, I, this was, I jokingly said on one of my last podcasts that when you look at the calendar, the two biggest Kool-Aid chugging weeks for Husker fans are the week leading up to the first game. People just, just get just chug it, right? 100%. They're like, it's happening. This is the year going undefeated, all that shit. And then the other biggest Kool-Aid chugging week is usually the week after the spring game. People are really, really fired up. Oh my God, this is that. That's all that's. And there's been zero, I've gotten zero 
feel of that at all. And I think there's some people that are a little and this and listen, four straight losing seasons of frost and 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 everything that's happened over the past fifteen years will do that. But there does feel like there's a there's a hesitation amongst people to to invest whatever right now, whether it's emotion, time, anything like that. Yeah. Well, and I never know like if I'm apathetic because of outcomes that have happened over the last few years, or if I'm just getting older. Yeah, right? I don't know either. Right. So it's like my time and energy is stretched with work and kids, and you know, it's like I don't have a choice to go to the spring game. I'm, I'm in Des Moines at a soccer tournament for a right. ten year old soccer tournament. Right. Right. Which is where I'd rather be. So do I care less because we're losing? Do I care less because I'm getting older? I don't know. I suppose it all goes into the sum of the parts. I got to assume as you get older, you're able to gain perspective and perspective while it allowed, like while you still enjoy certain things, you're able to have perspective on them and view them appropriately. Like I have to assume that even if Nebraska, let's say Nebraska was Wisconsin football right now, like, would you be more excited? Of course you were, but it wouldn't change the fact that you have two kids, you have a full-time job, you have a wife who didn't break up with you in 2009 <laughs> when you told her, quote, I've loved Husker football longer than I've loved you, which is hilarious. Shouts out to Amy for sticking with you for that. But like, I have to assume that all those things would take away from how you invest into Husker football, right? Yeah, well, 100%. And, and the question you asked earlier about like emotional detachment, like – Sometimes I think it's kind of sad is the right word, probably. Like people who continue to get older and like, let's say you're 55 and like your self-worth is tied to the outcome of a Nebraska football game. So much so that like you're emotionally invested at that point where it ruins the rest of your day or week. Like I, I used to be that way when I was younger and it probably terrified me to death to become that way when I was older. Right. You know what I mean? And probably for the reasons that we're saying, because if right. you're happy and you're fulfilled and you have a lot of other great things going on in your life, naturally it's like, well, Nebraska lost today. Or Nebraska's not that good at football, whatever. There's bigger tragedies in the world. But if you don't have that and you're still latching on to the fact that Nebraska football needs to be good for you to feel good, that's an issue. But can I, to play just, I don't even know if what I'm saying I believe that I'm about to say to you, but like, could I argue that those people are kind of the foundation of sports? In, in the sense that you need fanatics, you need people to have an irrational view of what, like if you live in Chandler, Arizona, you like the Phoenix Suns or the Arizona Cardinals or whoever probably need you to have an irrational view of how much that, that team and that sport means to you. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Yes. So yes. so it's hard. I guess what I'm saying is what's, I completely agree with everything you said, but at the same time, if everybody felt that way, like sports would be, a, would be quite a bit different, you know? Yeah. So I'm altruistic that way. Right. In theory. But the truth is like, I love the fanatics. Like I love, I, the, I, I do love it. Like I love the people that make irrational, irresponsible decisions because that's, in some ways, we're human. We like to watch the train wreck. And it also feeds the fuel of media, and it keeps things chugging along in a way that's like... The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. 
by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. This will tie into why we're talking here because we've got a big week. We're going to Las Vegas for your 40th birthday. But but when last one of the last times we were in Vegas... There was a UFC fight going on. You, we all w- went into a sports book to watch it. And do you remember that dude who must have... I have to assume he was friends with one of the guys that was fighting. I mean, that or he had a, a big ticket on him. He either, it was he either had a big bet. He was hammered. Well, he was or, certainly... <laughs> I, it might, was this certainly might be hammered. the trifecta. He was hammered, had a big bet, and knew the guy. Because the way that guy acted the entire fight was kind of like that guy... I mean, this guy was going, for to paint the picture for people, this guy stood up the whole fight. Imagine being in like a sports bar. He stood up the whole fight, and he was pacing, jumping up and down, all this stuff. Like, going crazy. Now, his guy ended up losing, which which was, you know, he actually dealt with that better than I anticipated him. But, like, in some ways, that that mindset is is sports in some ways. Yeah. Well, sports is so highly emotional. I just, and- I don't know. It's It's... Because it's it's just an interesting duality of like what you're talking about as you get older and perspective and not riding and dying and living and living and breathing everything with the outcome of a game. Well, I I think a lot of people understand that. Some people like the. I guess how do you view it as an escape? You know what I mean. Like for some people to be able to like, hey man, for three hours on a Saturday, I can just can put all that other crap aside and just let it just just l- open myself up for a football game with Nebraska. Yeah. Well, I so that's a good word, escape, right? Because I think about so you mentioned 40th birthday party, so doing a lot of introspection as you get older. Like I right wrong or indifferent, you live this long, you know a lot of people including myself who have gone through things, right? Addiction, for example, is initially it's just an attempt to feel better. And so you're, you're trying to get into a spot where you feel better. Mm-hmm. So I can go and drink alcohol, for example, on a night out. And if I'm trying to escape, it's not necessarily the most healthy thing for me. I have nothing against alcohol in and of itself. I, I love it. I mm-hmm. drink it all the time. But there's a big difference between drinking it to escape and enjoy and drinking it to escape and forget. Uh, right. So how you're feeling emotionally. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah. I don't have a problem with it. This is kind of what we're talking about. I don't have a problem with it. Go tailgate, go to the game, escape for five hours. But if you don't escape on the back end of it, then it's not healthy for you. I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. So what the, the why it's on fun. the front end of this, of the, of the escape. And everybody is, needs that, right? It probably felt that pinch during the pandemic when you weren't, what I didn't, what I missed the most during the pandemic wasn't the game itself. It was what the game provided. Mm-hmm. So you went an entire season without tailgating or seeing people that you saw seven, 
seven Saturdays a year yeah. that really means something to you. And so that in and of itself was an escape. Yeah. Watching the game or even today, like playing a softball game for me, I've never found anything in my life that provides flow or like peace of mental mind, flow, mental yeah. flow yeah. than athletics. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's a pickup game or if it's something serious. So for a lot of people watching the game provides that for them and that's healthy, but not to the point where you can't emotionally detach for, from the outcome of it. Right. Yeah. Cause I think there's some people that view Nebraska football as a social escape or not escape is right. It's more of like a, like it's, it's ingrained and interwoven into our culture socially. Yeah. So it's, it's more like, and that's the thing about growing up in Nebraska and growing up in Lincoln. It's like a Nebraska football Saturday is so much more than just a football game. It's the entire day. It's the entire day. And it's the anticipation leading up to the day. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I love the fact that we're going to be in Vegas in five or six days. Mm -hmm. But there's all, I love the fact that we've been talking about it and texting (laughs) about it and emailing about it for five months. Right. Right? There's just as much, there's your joy as the journey. Right? Right. Journey of the best part. Yeah. I don't know. The journey is the best part. In Vegas, that's not true. That is not true. (laughs) The journey to Vegas is not the best part of Vegas. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. It's 1000% Vegas. But yeah, I I mean, so yeah, so obviously, okay, so you just turned 40. I turned 38 in three weeks. And we are doing a big Vegas 40th birthday party for you where we have how many? 14 people? Is that that the final head count? 14 is the total. 14 total people coming. Um, I guess, I don't know if we want to talk about the whole concept of turning 40 or we want to talk Vegas first. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about 40. Okay. I, you and I have already kind of, we went and had beers on your birthday and we talked a little bit about this, but I think you, there was, I heard this interesting concept of like, uh, someone, and this isn't like a new thing, but somehow I had never heard it of like, if you didn't know your birthday, how old would you feel? And I think that's an, it's such an interesting question because it shines a light on how much just a number, 21, 25, 13, 70, 50, 40, how much a number influences how you're supposed to feel, about, how, how you're supposed to feel yeah. in general. And now you're, you're, an old, you're 18, you're a man now. Well, I mean, I, maybe for some people, yeah. But for some people, like, no. Like, 40, you're an old man now. Well, I mean... Maybe for some people they feel like that. Maybe others don't. I guess how turning forty because I'm sure a lot of our a lot of my listening audience are of this age demographic here. So there's some people that are either have turned forty or they're getting closer to forty. Or I got some young bucks that are twenty that are like forty. Geez, you guys are old as shit. But how, I guess how do you feel? Well, first of all, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, Willie's one beer down. By the way, I wanted to, okay. oh, oh, there we go. There's self, some, some. Yeah, we got snaps. some. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's it snaps. There you go. Uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of ways that you could answer that question. Here's what I'll say. Uh, paradoxically, I feel ten years old, <laughs> like perpetually ten years old, and that's so confusing because when you grow up, you think that things are supposed to be one way because you get a narrative fed to you from your parents or TV or what have yeah. you, so you think it should feel one way, and then you're like, 
should I say this out loud? Like earlier today, I was in Fremont giving a keynote speech to athletic directors and coaches. And it's like, well, who am I to be up here giving this speech? Right? Like, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know. Like I know some things. I got a little bit of wisdom, but like at the end of the day, like I'm just as happy if me and you want right now, I wanted to go play like Mario Kart and yeah, you have pizza eat. rolls and gushers. Yeah. It'd be, be like, a good day. That'd be a good day. And yeah. like, I don't feel ashamed to do that at 40. Right. Right. Like, somebody be like, what'd you do today? Play Mario Kart eight gushers. Like, don't you think you're a little bit too old for that? And I was like, no, you're the worst person ever. I'm going to move on. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I'm going to have, I'm going to have fun because that's, that's what life's all about. And, and, and Vegas is the, the yeah, ultimate, right. ultimate example of that. Totally. But like Einstein has a quote that I always like to joke and it's kind of a long running joke in our family. I always say there's no such thing as time. Time is a construct. It's like, well, I'll meet you there at two. Like, what's the difference between that and saying, I'll meet you there in the time it takes to clap 50 times? Yeah. <laughs> like, time, time exists be- right. so that everything doesn't happen at once. And, like, that's what Einstein said. Mm-hmm. And I like that quote as I turn 40 because I don't – I have a hard time telling the difference between what happened two months ago and two years ago. Right. And I don't feel like being a senior in high school or a senior in college was that long ago. But at right. the same time, it does feel long. Like, but it does. Can, can that's, it but simultaneous? That, but that's, that's the thing. That's the thing, though. That's the thing I think you, like, that is so weird about getting older is how simultaneously things seem like they were yesterday yeah. and forever ago. 100%. Well, that and, like, and sometimes I think this is, this is just kind of, uh, everything's individual. But sometimes I'd be like, well, how are things going? I say, keeps getting better. Keeps getting better. Because... At 40, it's like sometimes there's a narrative of getting old is not a good thing or it's the worst thing. And to me, I don't feel that at all. Yeah. I'm like I got a 10-year-old kid and a 10-year-old son and a 6-year-old daughter and watching them is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's a byproduct of getting old, by the way. Like that doesn't right. happen when you're 18. So like there's a part of me where at, you know, when you go into middle school or you go into high school or college, you don't want time to stop because your perspective is like this is the best. But that's a fallacy because it just keeps getting better because your your life gets richer and you get more wisdom as you grow older. Yeah, and it and it just it better it changes and those changes aren't. I mean, it's all like so your ability to watch your two kids grow and play sports and develop that could be akin to playing Mario Kart and eating gushers when you were 14. It's well, just the, first it's, of all, nothing, you, nothing's akin to playing Mario Kart. That's true. Gushers. That I was a bad example because that's the Holy grail of, right. of fun times. But do you see what I'm saying? Like how, as you get older, it just, we're just switching out things, you know, like, so instead of spending the night at your, your friend's house when you're 11 and eating pizza and watching, you know, rookie of the year. <laughs> Rosenbacker. <laughs> did, did he come back and throw out the first pitch? Uh, I don't know. I thought I saw I, that. I've checked out a Cubs baseball, too. I don't watch anything. Look at you. You're days. checking out at everything except for I, me and this podcast, which is good, and going to Vegas. But but no, you just we're just switching out things, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and those things that you think, like, so when you're 14, the whole idea of, like, drinking a drinking wine with, with your friend, that sounds, like, when you're 14, you're like, that sounds fucking awful, you know? <laughs> Right, but it's great when you get to that point in your life, and so there's just yeah, you're just switching things out. Which I don't know, but I, I think that's why you said something at the start of this of what like is because you love Vegas more than anyone I know. 
I mean, you and I have ba- basically like now it didn't take much bullying from you for me to for you to recruit me and for me to sign and commit a lifetime deal of going to Vegas with you once at least once a year. Because uh, how many times we've been to Vegas? Probably six, seven times, maybe. At least. I mean, this will be the third time in the last year. It, we've we've had a hard we've had a really hard time turning down right. Vegas. The well, past. it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. pandemic uh, we're yeah, coming we're, off a pandemic. Yeah. So I mean, we'll just chalk it up to that. Just that's a way to rationalize it in our head. Uh, but you love Vegas more than anyone I know. And is it like? I think I think your comment about like inside, I feel like I might as well be ten. I think Vegas Vegas provides a like when you're ten, you kind of have no you you just have fun. You play. You you just play. You have fun, and and you're just doing that, and you're not worried about anything else. Vegas is the adult version of basically like Chuck E. Cheese in that regard. I mean, yeah. First of all, you I know? think yeah. Well, for sure, I I think Vegas is the well, for me, it's the best place in the planet. I love Vegas for so many different reasons. One, the whole idea that like you can use your imagination to create something that's unfathomable in the desert. That's like this yeah, right. place. It's, that's cool in its own right to me. Right. Secondarily, sometimes people are like, what's your favorite place is Vegas? And they say Vegas. And they look at me with a look like, what's wrong with you? Right. Yeah, and you I, definitely get that look. Why? And then they'll say, why? And the story that I tell there is like, I like to get up early in Vegas when I stay there and love to walk the strip with like a tall Bud Light and just walk because you get, it's so eclectic at about six 30 in the morning, you get the people who haven't gone to bed. You get the people that are out there, energetic Starbucks running and everything in between Mm -hmm. those folks. I love to walk up in between. So the first time my wife went with me to Vegas, she's like, I got her up early and we walked the strip and she's like, what's going on here? Well, we started walking into casinos and doing that, my routine. And by nine o'clock, you know, we'd had a couple of, mimosas or orange beers or whatever and we're walking outside the new york new york and uh, you know she probably had two drinks at this point so not drunk at all maybe feeling a little bit of a buzz but again it can bear in mind the fact it's six o'clock it's six well it's yeah. at this time it's probably like seven seven o'clock yeah, right right and there's people out yeah. and pharrell's uh happy mm-hmm. is playing and amy's just dancing dancing for like a period of up the strip for like a block which might as well be like two miles in vegas right, right? and people are just watching and smiling. There's no judgment. And there's ha- they're out there dancing like a toddler before a toddler figured out that other people were looking at them. Yes. Right? And to me, that's Vegas. And that's Vegas right. is eclectic. You get people from all over the planet. You get blue collar, white collar, and I like it all. I like yeah. being there at 6.30 in the morning and the rate betting on horses with people that are degenerates. And I like betting with the people that can't believe they're, or w- walking around with the people that can't believe they're in Vegas. Right. I love Vegas. Yeah, because I've heard that Amy story, and it's a great story with the Pharrell Happy thing, but I've never heard you you then frame it in like that that is kind of the beauty of Vegas is you can just walk and hear mu- and you're hearing music and you're just dancing and no one even bats an eye at it. It's unconditional. You just and like, it yeah, might be you do your thing. You're having fun. It you might know? be one of There's, the it might be one of the only places left where like I think it's the only place left, pretty much. Yeah, where even if it's caught on camera, you're like, <laughs> it's Vegas, right? Right, and people don't judge you. Where in other places, it's like we're going to condemn that behavior and right. throw the baby out with the bathwater and not even give it context to what's going on. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's I, for me. One of the things I wrote down was like, there's, while I'm not advocating to be 40, 38 in a couple of weeks for me and act like you're 16, 18, 20 years old, 
I think kind of you, you got to balance growth, maturity, new phases of your life with like staving off being old. Because like there's the balance for me of like the oh grow up versus the people that are in a in a rush to be old. And I think Vegas kind of allows you to naturally stay young. It just happens. Like you go there and you just na- it's like it it's like a reset of 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 just feeling all those things we're talking about of just feeling young because there is there is a certain sentiment of people that that if you like if I this week I'll probably tell people like you know hey what's going on I'm like I'm going to Vegas this weekend you get some people that are like wow jealous or you get some people that are like you're going to Vegas yeah you know right away and and the, the, right there's like there's kind of no in between. You get the people that are like, dude, you're going to Vegas, dude. Grow up, <laughs> you right? You get that, yeah. or you get the people like, shit, man. Why don't you tell me? I could, right. you know, or like, I would give anything to come. Right? Where are you staying? Where are you staying? Where are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Are you a blackjack guy? What do you do? Like all that stuff. And so, and and in some ways, that is kind of the the internal battle in everybody's mind of like, you 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 certainly don't want to be in a rush to grow up. But there's, I don't know, like in Vegas allows you to, even in the midst, because like to me, Vegas allows me to kind of stay, go, go let out my young side. And I think, I honestly think that then allows me to come home and embrace the naturally more mature life that I have in love being a husband and a father of two kids with a third one on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I think that, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that, uh, Along with that, when do you when do you get the chance as an adult to be silly, right? Like to be a little bit ridiculous. Like you, like some of our best times in Vegas are just sitting down at a blackjack table, yes. and it's hysterical in our minds. I don't know. Depend. This actually, it's right to your point about well, you're going to Vegas or Vegas. Where are you staying? Right. You can tell at a blackjack table when right. we sit down, like, hey, who's in on this next two hours, and who needs to get up and walk away. <laughs> Right. right now, because we're gonna right. we're gonna run you from this table. Yes, through silliness. Right, because that right because that is when I think of some of the funnest things to do. One of them is sitting next to you at a blackjack table in Vegas, and just the ride of the comments, the inside jokes, the laughing, the the double down and hitting, even the losses make it. You know, like it's, the, it's all great. I've never. I've well. No, I've never won, I don't think, at a blackjack table where people are being adults. Adults at a blackjack table are the absolute worst. You win at a blackjack table when you're having fun. Right. Right? And that's – the dealers go – it applies to the dealers too. It's like if they bring Mariona Rivera out of the bullpen. Oh, you're, you're – And he or she comes in with that look like, I'm going to mow you down. This is not fun for me. I'm here against my will. Like – you should just stop playing. Get up right. and there's, walk away from the table. That's a real thing. Like, it is karma and the vibe at a table is right. a real is a real thing. Right. If like Tim Wakefield comes out and it's like smiling at you, he's like, "Hey boys, I got a knuckleball that's not gonna knuckle today. Like, let's have some fun." You're like, "Let's throw it down." Right. And right. Everybody's because you do get you get some dealers that almost want they want to they want win. you to win. They, they, like they and then you get the ones that truthfully like want to see you lose. Do you think they hire like that? I don't, like they want yeah, a certain like, percentage you, of like, like like we we need to, we have on our dealer count right now we have fifty dealers twenty six of them want us to want the the guests to win we need to balance that out like I don't know right. I don't I don't know 
I, I'm not. I'm not sure. But no, that's a real. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a. It's a very emotional. You don't thing. lose when. I mean, you don't win when you're not having fun. But I will say, our Vegas trips have evolved as, as we've gotten older a little bit. In what way? In that we're not like. Well, you're a machine in some ways, but like I, I mean, I don't think I know. I can feel that I don't necessarily have like when we went out there for the Michigan State game when Cerny punted it the wrong direction and it killed ruined the trip. our it ruined our entire night. It ruined it ruined the trip. Thanks, yeah. Nebraska football. See you if we could just execute a little bit better, we'd win six games. That's it. But I just don't. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I think just in naturally, like the trip evolves in in when we go out there how. I mean, we're not going to clubs. Right. Like we did, you know, like those kinds of things. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like there's the literal evolution. And then there's like, I, I, I don't think I have it in me to like see the sunrise for like two straight days. Manelli's. Manelli's. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't got that in me, but you still find a way to have fun. Yeah. And this is what will be interesting about this trip is that there's, it's more, it's a couple's trip. There's a different dynamic to it, which is fun. You know, well, I, I told you the stories, and I think probably the listeners will get a kick out of this. It's like, so going, being that we're going out there with 14 people, you have to be somewhat organized. Otherwise, nothing's going to get done. And yeah. so we decided, well, we're going to do a couple of pool parties. We'll do some dinners, uh, maybe get a, a party bus, and we'll have some fun. We couldn't find like a good spot for 14 people to go after the party bus on Friday night at 1130. So it's like, you're going to get dropped off at 1130. So I call the, the gal at Aria, the concierge. I'm like, listen, what's a good in-between? Is there a bar where we could go? And she's like, ah, yeah, I got a couple of ideas and whatever. And through this natural conversation, I'm like, oh, by the way, we're going to Marquee Pool Party at Cosmopolitan the on next, Saturday, yes. the next day. And she goes, hey, how old are you again? I go, oh, well, most of our party's right around 40. She's like, yeah, you're not going to be, you're not going to want to be up past one anyways, because that'll ruin your day at Marquee and Marquee's your spot. Did you tell her like, you don't know who you're dealing with? Well, I wanted, in terms of you, I wanted to, except now, for Rude, I have Bo some, Rude will be I have some historical context to know some people yeah. that didn't make it to Marquee in the past. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I was late. I showed. I was late. Though. You're, yeah, but you didn't I enjoy. Showed. You didn't enjoy it to the degree I battled, that you should. I battled have. and danced. That DJ was killing it. So the DJ, DJ, the DJ, DJ Mustard, DJ Mustard killed it that day. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's funny though that that she the concierge. She was shooting me straight. Yeah. How old are you again? Forty. What were you doing? What now? Yeah. Okay. The you did say though that the thing I'm. Okay, so for people who have to we have a pool, we have a relaxed pool day. Like, Aria will be relaxed on Kinda. Friday, Kind of. I mean, right? we like, got a party cabana. I mean, that's... Like, is it like, are they playing like no, it'll Kenny be a... G? Like... <laughs> it's like <laughs> Otis Redding all day long. <laughs> sitting at dock, sitting, sitting on the dock of the sitting bay. Sitting at the dock of the Aria. Like... I mean, is that, because I don't, I don't have a sense of what the Aria is going to be like. It'll be, it'll be a. Like the pool Poor man. It'll be a poor, a poor man's. Cosmo or okay, so, so it might it'll be, be fun. Like it'll be like, put your hands up, put your like. Is there gonna be any of that? Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I, I need to start getting mentally engaged yeah. for that. And then obviously, yeah, Marquee is is crazy. Um, the next day, the pool party, but we are doing that limo party bus thing. Correct. Which I have. When's the last time you were on a party bus? Mine was my wedding. So 2013. Well, my sister got that. Doesn't count. So are we gonna exclude it's, weddings? No, it, no, it can't. Well, I mean, that was, wedding. it was like to and from. I Our mean, friend Mullen said he really believes, at least on my party bus, he goes, if they would have, if we would have never been dropped off, we'd all still be on the bus. 
<laughs> uh, We've been on the party bus for a decade. I can't. I can't remember. You pass me another. Coors I do. Air I power. do know this that I'm having another Coors Light. Everybody, when you're on a party bus drinking beer with people that are close friends, like that's fun. That's great, right? I it's mean, great. Well, he okay. So, so one of the things you said in your email, well, you. I wish people could see these these emails from Willie. They're like they're long. They're detailed. They're great. They're jokes. They're great. But so you've asked people to submit song. Have you gotten any song submissions for the playlist when we're on the party bus yet? Four out of fourteen. Four people? Out of 14. Okay. Which, by the way, I'm not a planner, and I'm not an email guy. The fact that you're getting these shows, you it's all attached to emotion drives behavior. Yes. Because I love Vegas, so it's like, right. Cause these I'm, are I'm long, into it. These aren't like, hey, party bus, send songs, <laughs> Willie. Yeah. Like, these are long, like, multiple paragraphs, thought out, well done. Can I say something about that real yeah. quick? Here's, here's what's interesting. Because the group's... Everybody, is, so my buddy yesterday said, it's like a Venn diagram, and you're in the middle. <laughs> and there's certain, cro- there, there's certain crossovers to groups of how this is going to work right, out. Right, yeah, Everybody knows each other, but some, pe- a- some people know of each other. They don't really know each other. Right. Right? And so what's or gonna- there are some people's wives. Like, I don't know them at all. all. So you're going to be meeting them for the first time. Right, right. And so what's been really curious about the, the email thread which is non-existent versus if you were just going with like four or five of your close buddies is that people are kind of, I got to assume hesitant to reply to the email because they don't want to rock the apple cart. No. I mean, cause I, yeah, I which just concerns kind of like, me because like Vegas is the ultimate apple cart. Well, like, I, or or I out. think that's the beauty of like Vegas is going to be the ultimate the great like, equalizer. The great. And like, here we go. Fair. You don't know me. I don't know you, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Right. So you've gotten four. I've found myself, Almost, and this is weird. I've almost found myself in my song requests that I'm going to throw out there of being unselfish. Like I want to find songs that are I know are going to get other people crunk. I, I like. I'm I'm thinking the same way. Okay, that's why I don't know. Like, well, it's like three songs. How do you narrow three songs? Three is hard because I do. You do want to get selfish. You, there's I a want, part of you that wants some selfish, and I want people to be selfish so that you can be like who 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 yeah, chose who this, this song, call? right? Some of them were. I was already like able to plug it in. I was like, oh, well, Varvel's choosing Wonderwall. You might as well put that in. <laughs> like, with a thousand percent certainty. Oasis? Gonna, yeah. There's going to be some Oasis on oh, this bus? There'll be some Oasis on this bus. Oh, no. Well, the one thing I feel like I'm really good at, I feel like I'm really good at picking songs that'll get the girls crunk. Like, I almost feel like I'm better at, like, if I had to make a playlist for the dudes on the trip or the girls on the trip, I'm way more confident in my ability to make the crunk mix for the girls. Like when Kim, so Kim was, Kim's sister was having her bachelorette party and she, she goes, Hey, can you throw together a quick playlist for us? Because we are going to be partying. And I was like, God, I threw this thing together. Kim said it set the motherfucker out. Like people were going (laughs) crazy. Right. So I'm finding myself like, cause I also think sometimes like if the girls are having fun on the bus, Everybody Everybody's having fun. having fun. Yeah. So I'm well, and that's your that's like, your talent too, by the way. I mean, you're good at that. I'm a little like I don't know what to do. There's but, a part of me that doesn't want to because I want like I want my you know songs where I can stand up and rap to you and all that stuff. And but Well, I, but your your self-awareness is admirable because one of my favorite stories of all time is like when we were up in Cross Lake years ago on a pontoon boat, and it's like our buddy Adam, who's somewhat conservative, but yet very self-aware and very practical, 
we're on a pontoon boat, and I think it, I can't remember if it was Barrett or it was Bo. Barrett. It was Bar- Barrett. Barrett's playlist was Play- wow. The playlist was just the worst to the point where finally Adam takes it out of it and throws it in the lake. Like when you had to play CDs, like it wasn't wireless. It was a right. CD that went in. He's like, get that out of here and throws it into the lake because that's those aren't songs that get played on a pontoon. It doesn't make it a bad song. It just no. means like know your audience, know your environment. Yeah, I guess I'm not saying we didn't like the songs. I didn't like did the not, songs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they were like it was just it was all they were like slow Van Morrison. Yeah, songs. it was like Jake and Barrett need to be like drinking some IPAs in their <laughs> man cave one night. Like right. that's. I mean, it's seriously though. So you have to understand that. I, I'm just. I guess what I'm saying to you is, I there's a part of me that is like wanting to make song requests that I know the girls are going to go ballistic for. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. Do you think I do you think I might throw at least one out there? One, I got one for you. What's that? Well, I don't want to tell you cuz okay. I want it to come on and I want to watch your reaction to it. That's fair enough. Okay? So you got do I Okay, now I feel like I have to put that one on the list. I'm going to put that one on the list for you. It's got to make the list. It'll make the list. Um The one thing I will say uh, uh, the other thing I thought about with Vegas was So, obviously I've talked about it before with my health stuff in 2016. And when, you know, I have the surgery, tumor comes out, the Imani tumor comes out, and it gets, <laughs> it gets sent off to pathology, and, we're, and I'm waiting for, for the, the results, or whether it's, you know, it's cancer or not. And one of, I, I've, I've always kind of tried to remind myself, like, to me, I think, like, it's those moments. What do you think about during those moments? Because that's really what matters and what's important. And one of the things I thought about were like the ve- these Vegas types of vacations, these trips were the kinds of things I thought about all the time of like, man, I wish I'd have done more of that. Or man, that's the stuff, not to sound morbid, but like that's the shit I'm going to miss. You know what I mean? Like, th- so I think there's, while it's easy to be like Vegas, idiots, da, 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 da. And technically that's like, that's not false. Like that's, it's a, those are all true statements. It's like, also the point. That's also the point of it, you know? Yeah. Because I guess that maybe bridges into one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about that we've talked about a ton is just the challenges of being social as you get older, because it is, it's one of the more underrated obstacles or obstacles may not be the right word or just things to navigate that I didn't think about. If you, when you're, when you're 10 12 in high school in college even when you're immediately out of college social situations for you and your friends are literally spoon-fed to you you don't have to think about it you don't necessarily have to plan it you it doesn't take any work for it to all be right there it's amazing how much more challenging that gets as everybody gets older everybody starts getting married having kids they have things with work and jobs to take them there like i'm basically for all basketball season i'm mia you know what i mean right i can't do anything during basketball season so i guess what you you said you had some thoughts on that because i i think that's a you and i've talked about this but it's a fascinating concept that i think a lot of people can relate to yeah well it gets challenging for sure and it also gets understood Right. So like when you're younger, let's say you're in college or you just graduated college and your buddies are going out for the night and you're like, nah, I'm going to take it easy. Like you will get text messaged to death. Right. Like, and those you, text yeah. messages, when you read them, like they're not very kind. No. And so like peer pressure to the point where like, ah, all right, I'm in. Right. Right. And now it's like, hey, I can't make it at age 40. And you're like, totally get it, man. 
you got kids and in-laws and soccer tournaments right, and you're just right. probably had like, a long week with work right like, you just need some time to relax yeah, and you're like, exhausted got, right. totally get it like there's right. no real pushback like if the pushback's there it's just to let you know that we want you to be there yes and then you it's let not it real and, then, and then you let it go yes right but i think it was I don't know how long ago it was, seven years ago probably or so now, where we were at the tavern one night and this was starting to become a thing. And we just decided, listen, it's hard to coordinate for everybody to take a trip. Kentucky Derby weekend, we're going to Vegas. We're a little bit early this year, but like... Because of the birthday and all that stuff, yeah. But it was like, we're going. Us three are going. We want... By three, me, you, Bo. Me, you, and Bo. And pr- your boy Prosco. And Prosco. And Prosco. Four. Yeah. Four, right. four of us. And like... Anybody else who wants to come, great. But if you can't make it, fine. But this becomes a staple. And that's really the only way that you can do it as you get older. Because if you don't put intentionality to it or give you like months in advance, good luck. Right. Right? It, it, imagine like what, what gets to be impossible, to your point, is you have, let's say, ever, you're lucky enough to have 10 friends. Okay? Yeah. Hey, thinking about going to Vegas, what weekends work for everybody? Yeah, zero percent chance. <laughs> zero weekends. Like, oddly enough, it all worked out for everyone for it to be this weekend. Like you, so you have to just be like, "Here's the weekend," or "Here's where we're going," or "Here's what we're doing." And now, not to say we we've tried that. We've gone down the path of like, "Hey, does this work? Does that work? Does this work?" But the reality is, you kind of have to just plant your flag and go. This is happening on this weekend. If you can come. Awesome. Right. If not, then the the train's moving on. It's the only way to do it. And even as we've 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 gotten even more intentional about that, where it's like, hey, first Friday of the month, we're gonna do happy hour at the press box or tanners. Let's meet for a, an hour and have a drink. And that's something, right? right. Because you, you have still haven't executed that, by the way. No, we're getting we're Again, little pandemic, that, everything kind of like. But it, but 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 that's the point. And so I was like, I was driving back with a, a colleague of mine today who's a little bit younger, and she was asked. She asked an interesting question. She was like, "How many of uh, like your kids, your kids' friends' parents are you friends with?" Mm. And I said. Well, that's a really good question. I said, but it's a, it's kind of an unfair question. Let me let me explain what I mean by that. So as you get older, like tonight's a rare night. It's mm-hmm. we're we're getting our families together and kids together. We're gonna have pizza and drink some beers, and that happens maybe once a quarter, once every three months, right? Yes. So it's not that we've been fortunate because with our kids' athletics and events, we meet really great people. Mm-hmm. And in a different world, some of those people we would be really good friends with. But you can't – we're not calling those people up on a Friday night and be like, hey, you want to hang out? Because you and I don't get to hang – like you and I and Kim and Amy don't get to hang out ever. Right. Right? So it's like you're not going to call those people up. You're going to call your work people yeah, up and not, be like, hey, are, you want to hang out on a Friday night? And it's not that you dislike those No, not people. at all. You're hanging out with them a lot because – those people – there are other people that are – that just are going to take – like you are going to take precedent. If I have a free night – I'm going to check with you right. before I check with a, a, a basically the rest of the world. You right. know what and I mean? you, and, yeah, and you don't have very many of those free nights. No. And so it's like, well, we're, we were in Des Moines for a soccer tournament. We're in Kansas City for a soccer tournament. We're hanging out in the hotel lobby. I'm hanging out with those people. Right. And you're I'm, cool with those and people. And they're great. They're like the, some of the best people. Right. But I'm not going to be like, hey, you guys want to hang out next Saturday well, there's night? A great, there's a great Buffalo Wild Wings commercial about sports. You ever see it? Like it's two guys watching a sporting event. 
and they're high-fiving, they're having like numerous interactions or whatever, and then w- one guy walks away, and that guy's girlfriend or wife walks over and goes, who is that? And he goes, oh, that? I don't know. And that's kind of like adulting in some ways. 100%. Like, where you can make these connections with people based on the circumstances you're in, whether it's a soccer tournament, work, whatever, where you're cool with them, you like them, but like, are you actively going to take it to that next step of like actually setting out time to go see them? Probably not. But that doesn't mean that doesn't render your interactions with them at said soccer tournament or this Buffalo Wild Wings commercial irrelevant. It's just to me when you those those windows of opportunity to be social are get fewer and and harder to find when they do pop up. You're gonna go and try to find the people that like you you have history with to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, I think everybody gets that to some degree, right? I mean, as you get older, you get busier and you just have way more experience and way more people. But what you were touching on though earlier, and you know, when I was. 17 like so but the summer before heading into uh my senior year in high school like i was in a bad jet ski accident right really bad really bad like smoked me in the face by all like 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 easily could have certainly should have killed me by all you know in in all for all intents and purposes but like that type of experience where you you get yourself in that situation and then you you have time to reflect on that situation where you're kind of incapacitated for about six months for me it was like similar to you and the tumor the money tumor that you were describing money tumor uh, <laughs> you know it, it, it what happens is that psychologically it messes with you in the sense that it's like i, I while i want to be responsible and while i want to do things the right way what i want more than anything is f- amazing experiences that's it that's it that's it that's all i want and so my pendulum swings because of my experience, probably too far to the right. If fun experiences are on the right. Right. But yeah, but at the same time, it's like snap of a finger intellectually, everybody understands that it could be gone tomorrow. Emotionally, when you experience that it takes on a whole different level. And so it's like, I I'll give up everything to be around the people that I care about the most. Because to me, that's the entire fucking point. Totally agree. That like basically everything you just said in there nails it because at any moment, everything can change. And I guess that's why I just never, like I've never been, I don't know. Like I've, like a plan for the, like, you got to, th- like, even for me, like, with investing money for, like, you have to think about your future when you're 65. Like, to me, that is so, like, that's, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily have the mental capacity to even go there with it. Especially since we're going to hit Moneyball Blackjack this oh, week. Oh, you better believe that's going to happen. We'll, we'll shelve that because we have to explain our Moneyball Blackjack game that is going to be the greatest game of all time. I'm going to play an unhealthy amount of that in five days or whatever it is here. <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, to me, well, okay, for our Las Vegas trip, I jokingly, so my wife was going to take our kids to go see her sister, and so I was going to have a free weekend. Remember, this is how it all started. Correct. And I jokingly text you, hey, Kim's taking the kids, it's a Michigan State game week, I'm like, I'm like it'd be pretty, pretty amazing if we went to Vegas, and you took it literally, which is great, and... You and I, for a while, we were trying to recruit other people. And just like we were talking about, for a while, there was no one else could come. And it was literally just going to be me and you in Vegas. And we kind of were going, we had a long phone call. We're like, okay, are we really going to go? 
And I think my line to you was, I have a hard time thinking when you and I are 60 years old. Hopefully we are 60 years old at some point. I have a hard time feeling like when we're 60 years old, you and I are going to look at each other and go, you know what I really regret? That one weekend we went to Vegas and Cerny punted it the wrong direction and lost the Nebraska game. And we, you know, like, so I just think like of all the things you regret, the one thing you rarely regret are these kinds of intentional big trips to make sure you're spending time and experiences with people that you really care about. Your and bro- that's what it's out, yeah, all about. Well, your, your brother sent me an article years ago about how human beings are social animals. I can't remember. It was, I think it was an Atlantic article. But it was fan- it was fantastic. And it was just – it echoes the sentiments of what we're saying right now, which is like you're not going to regret experiences, especially experiences that you don't do every single day. Right. So let's say we didn't go to Vegas that weekend. Then what are we doing? We're back here. We're in somebody's garage or basement. And we're pissed off about the fact that we lost that Michigan State game. And it's like, well, we can do that. We've been doing that every Saturday for the last 10 years. Right. Like, just take the take the, take the the trip. Do right. what you got to do. Do something right. different. Right. I, I just – no, but, I mean, I, I think a lot of what, what we're getting at is kind of just to circle back to the question of, like, the challenges and obstacles of getting older and doing things socially. I think what gets what gets more challenging is the the – the everyday being social, like that's almost impossible to do, you know? So you have to be more event oriented. You have to plan. You have to, like, it takes effort. Like as I'm getting older, I completely understand how some people can get sucked into this rut of doing fucking nothing. Right. And seeing nobody and doing nothing. Here's where it gets easier though. For some people, for me, here's where, for me, here's where it gets easier is that I'm way more willing to uh, act on my own preferences. Okay. So it's like, ah, you know, Julie's having a three-year-old birthday party and like we're kind of connected. I'm like, I'll send her a $20 bill. Like, uh, I'm not going, not going to, to that thing. I'm not going to that. Yeah. And you you become like your, your feet get in the cement more so around like what you actually want to do. Right. And so I like that aspect of it. I agree old. with that. Like you get to a point where... I don't know when this really clicks, but I feel like I'm slowly getting to that point. I don't know if I'm all the way there of being like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, you can go do that. That's, but that's fine. I'm not in. Are you speaking to like the couple thing? Like, so you and your wife, like your wife's like, hey, I'm going to so and so's three year old. Da 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 da. Like, are, are you or are you talking just like things in general for you? I'm both. Both. Both within reason. Right, but yeah, we, there are certain things. You but we have go such to. a we have such a good working relationship like that, where it's like you use your discernment within that to know like what's really important and what's not. Right. But if it's something that's on the periphery and it's like I'm going to this, do you want to come with me? I'm like, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I really do not. Right? Want and to come and with to you. be fair in that regard, like if the situation was reversed, I'm like, don't come to this. See, and that's the thing that's so weird about like not to turn this into like a you know a, a, what's up with the old ball and chain, you know. <laughs> but like I think I've never there's never been anything that I've asked my wife to come to that if she truthfully didn't want to come to that I would have been like, well, you, that is out of the question. You're coming to that. Yeah, like oh, I really think you should. They, uh, this is family. <laughs> it's like like I don't. I really do, it, don't. do what you want to do. I don't know. Maybe that's a de- like. I really like. If I feel like I got to go to something, that applies to me. 
Right. But I'm also, but I'm also selfish that way. We're like, if Amy was like, Hey, we got, we're thinking about doing a girls weekend in wine country. I'm like, go. Yes. Like get there. I really, because I do want her to do it. But I also have a selfish ulterior ulterior motive where I'm like, you're trying to. I'm gonna invest. I'm gonna do what I do. Oh, I know that's right? I'm really trying. Yes, there's there is that. Like I'm always trying. We need to get like our wives. Like they need to get shit on the books with them. Yeah, go do to, it. To then that, to then balance what we do. Yeah, we almost need to get them because we got our Vegas weekend that's in stone for the rest of time for eternity for eternity. Yeah. I can't wait to be like hey, you. You gonna. <laughs> If the dealer's showing a 15 to a hit, like, I can't wait to do that with you. But we need to get them, in, like, something set in stone to make us feel better about what we do. Here's the thing, though, about that is we've we've made that clear. Yeah, I've Go made that it. abundantly clear to them. I think, I and I have no uh, point of reference on this, I don't think most people are, hey, this is the time we're doing it and we're going. I think most people kind of acquiesce to getting older, and That's then what I'm when, they, when they say, "Well, we we don't get together as much, or we don't go on trips, or we don't do this," it's like, "Well, yeah, but we're we're 42 now, and that's the way that it is." It's like I refuse to let that happen. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but can you understand how? Not saying you agree with it, but like it it gets easy. It it could get real easy to just. It, it's work to even even if you even if we wanted to go on a date and go get dinner, like you got to find a sitter. Does this day work for you? What time works for you? Oh, you get off work late late that night. Like, well, then we got to like, but you got to do it because if you don't do it and you just sit at home on your social time and you're and you don't do anything, like that's not good. But it's I understand how some people like because of that work, people are like ah screw it. Well, I understand the exhaustive nature of that. I also understand that like we're fortunate enough to be able to like get a babysitter and do those types of things both financially, but also because we have a lot of family sure. in Lincoln that, that allows for that. Right. Yeah. So different circumstances for, for different totally. people. Totally. hundred percent. But then I also, uh, I, speaking from the other side of my mouth, I'm like, if you're not going to do those things, then what's the point? That's what I'm saying. Like what, like, why, why are you here? Why, like, are, you why are you here? Why are you here? If you're not going to go to, and listen, Fill in the like for us. It's if you're not going to go to Vegas with your buddies, like and that fill, take Vegas out and fill in whatever you whatever is for you. Right. Then what? Then what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I I I don't because I'm just telling you, like, when 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 your back's against the wall, what you really what really matters is that. Yeah. Well, and I think about so many times where. And I was having an interesting conversation with a buddy of mine who you know well and will protect the innocent, which is, I think, what you were going for earlier. That's right. Uh, who I had a conversation with him years ago, and it impacted the way I think about things. At Mist We were sitting down at Misty's having a beer. Or no, we were at uh, Laszlo's. Neither here nor there. But I was like, oh, I just wish that I was a kid again. Like, I love being a kid and those types of things. Like, I'm perpetually 10, this kind of conversation. He's like, I hated being a kid. I said, What? What do you mean? Like, that was the first time anybody had said that. Right. He's like, I hated it. I had no control. I didn't get to choose the things that I wanted to do. I had to get dragged everywhere, the things that I didn't want to do. And now, like, I have way more freedom. I get to make the decisions. I mean. And I never heard it positioned like that. that my, my mind didn't think like that. Yeah. But at the same time, where my mind did think is, when I get older, I'm going to do X. When I have the money, I'm going to do X. When I get this to this point, I'm going to be different. And 
that's where I was like, I want to live that way. It's like, you know, my, yeah. my parents to their, to their credit who didn't have much money and they spent all their discretionary income on us. Like they didn't take those types of trips and they didn't do those types of things. And part of me was somewhat, I suppose, like frustrated for lack of a better word about like, why can't we go to an all inclusive in Mexico as opposed to the black Hills in South Dakota. <laughs> right. Right. Or we went to, to Black Hills in South Dakota. Yeah. Right. And it's right. like, but that out of that contrast, that desire was what led to me wanting to do the things that we do. Right. So, it's, so, so it's, yeah, so it's good and bad. And mm-hmm. so, so I love the fact that we get to do those things. And I, and I do agree with him in the sense that like, if I think back to when I was little about like, when I'm an adult, I'm going to do X. We'll do X. Right. Don't become your parents. Right. Unless, but I understand. Unless your parents were doing X. Yes. But, which is not the X but that not I'm talking X, about. Not XX, but <laughs> not X, X, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. They were not doing ecstasy. You know what I'm saying. Um, but no, I've, I've never, I mean, yeah. Like, I can understand. Because there is this weird thing of when you are a kid, there's like, oh, I want to be a grown-up. Right. Did you feel like when you were a kid, you wanted to be a grown-up? At times. I mean, I think naturally, yeah, but it was all for for very immature reasons. Like, I want to be a, I want to be a grown up, so I can stay. Because I want to eat whatever I want, you know. Fair like, point. Which is a fair point, but like, I don't think I. Yeah, you don't have the you don't have the perspective to view it any more irrationally than that when 100%. you're nine, right? But yeah, that's. I mean, that's a fair way to look at it, though. Of like, I hated being a kid because I wasn't in control. Now I'm in control and I have the opportunity to do something. I'm going to do it. Like, I get it that it's work. Right. I don't like writing those emails. Yeah. Those I mean, long it's, emails. Like, right. It's work. No, you, like, you have done a terrific like, job. I don't like calling and planning yes, shit. Like, that's the worst. It but sucks. it's also a means to an end. Right. And and the end is great. Right. And and what's great is that we just, we're heading out there. We got everything planned. Like, there's zero thought. Yeah. Zero. Zero. There's no guessing as to what we're doing at each basically landmark moment of, of each day, which is great. Well, like, what's the point of any vacation if, you, like, your mindset's going to be, well, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. I'd just rather stay home. Right. Then why even go? Why do anything? But you could then apply that to, like, life. Like, well, well I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit at home. It's like, well, I mean, you're. I just think, like, the one thing that about getting older, too, is, like, what we're talking about, about time of, like, two months might as well be two years. You can blink and two years can go by. Like, I can completely understand how we, you're turning 40, I'm turning 38, how you, we're going to blink and we're going to be 50. Oh. And so I guess what I'm, like, you in that meantime, you better be intentional and make it a priority within reason. As long as you're not, I'm not, I'm not saying like to hell with your kids laughing dreams and aspirations. Do your thing, man. You go to Vegas, forget about your kids. No, I'm not saying that, but there is an element of you, you you're going to blink and 10 years goes by and all of a sudden you're like, man, what have I done for 10 years? I haven't done anything for 10 years. Like a huge part of the reason I moved back to Lincoln was for you and for Bo and for my friends here. And now a hard part is like a, you know, a nationwide pandemic hit right when I moved back here. But like, that's a, a big part of why I got here was the ease at which to be social with you guys. Uh, Even uh, not necessarily even the Vegas trips, but when we went to Tanner's and had beers the other day. Right. Well, you acted on your preference. I think where it gets a little bit tricky is like, maybe some people just want to stay home. I think there's a lot of people that more like it's hard for me to understand that it's hard for me to like cross the bridge and be like, right. Why do you feel that way? But if that's really what they want, then good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. If that's what you really want to do, then great. But if that's not what you really want to do and you're, and like I'd said earlier of like, if you didn't know your birthday, how old would you feel? I think there's some people like, well, I'm, I'm 43. I can't go to Vegas. It's like, well, why not? Yeah. Well, because that, because you're not 23. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, so, like, and again, I'm not like I'm not advocating being the, you know, the old guy. In but but the, I but like, but I think here's there's a balance there. Yeah, and here's what's interesting. Like, as we talked about, as you want to get into the things that we shelve, right? Like, what is appropriate behavior ever, and who gets to decide? <laughs> right? Because appropriate behavior. What, what a question! It's who who gets to decide that. <laughs> Like is 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 this appropriate behavior? We're doing a podcast and drinking Coors Light. Like I I just before you got here, my two year old, I mean Mac is almost two. I put him down for a nap, and now me and you are drinking Coors Lights as he is napping upstairs. We have the door closed in the basement. It's like, well, he's a neglectful father. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. I got a camera on him. I get alerts if yeah. home by moves. He's still asleep. Like I can pull up and look at him right now. So I'm still being a responsible people. So CPS chill and, with all that, bro. And by the way, that's uh product of 2022 which yeah is, which right is, that's right. a totally different topic which is way harder to be a kid in 2022 than it was in 1992 because your parents know where you're at and they got a magnifying glass on you at all times yeah that's that's tough. a different pod different day that is a different pod for a different day but like but i come back to the question like who gets to decide who gets what's to decide and what's appropriate when and 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 so like when we're sitting at a blackjack table and we're so ridiculous that we're quoting Moneyball quotes for three and a half hours. Which yet, is a true story, by the way. But we're winning money. Right. And then other people are gravitating to this type of behavior. And it's like... Like the dude dude at third base was, it was Gucci loving man. us. Gucci man. Gucci man. Gucci man the first time was loving us. But then there was another guy that when we were doing the Moneyball thing yeah. that was thoroughly enjoying us. Explain to the folks what Moneyball Blackjack So Moneyball Blackjack is arguably the greatest thing of all time. Moneyball Blackjack. We got a text here. We'll have to check that out in a little bit. Um, Moneyball. Oh, it's about. We'll cut this out. Um, Moneyball Blackjack basically means you place your bet. We're at a, like, I think, what is it? A $10 minimum? Yeah. You're playing this, normal blackjack. Playing normal blackjack. But if you put $5 out, you and you get a blackjack. So you're betting on getting a blackjack. Right. If you get a blackjack, you get to spin a wheel that could hit a jackpot of like thirty, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars, or but it has various amounts. It could be fifty bucks, could be seventy-five bucks, could be five thousand bucks, could be thirty-five thousand bucks. So for some reason, I think you and I were in a moneyball. I think I had just watched Moneyball before I went to Vegas. So I was like all these quotes and all this stuff, and I know how much you love that movie. We we were thinking about Moneyball quotes, and that became the term of the of the blackjack game we were playing. Where if you bet, you get to spin the wheel. Now we never hit the blackjack. We think it's rigged at this point, well, but of we're course, of course it's rigged. I mean, it's rigged. But I'm going to come back and give it another try again. But it's the great. I just love the idea of like when you get to spin that wheel and that thing's spinning, and you might hit like twenty thousand dollars. I mean, like how do you put a price on that? You can't. You get a chance. But the, big, the bigger thing was, though, like, we're sitting down making these jokes and laughing hysterically at stuff right. that, like, yes. I've got to assume 85% of the population is like, what's wrong with these, these people? These guys are idiots. But we we attracted the right people that were sitting in the right seats who were like, these people are great. It's fun. Yeah. And we're laughing. We're having a good time, which is, by the way, come earlier point, that's why we were winning money. 
Yes. Like we were having a good time. I think I broke even. I don't think I won. I won. Two hour, you won. I think I was even, but we played for two, three hours, and it was great. To me, there's like that's the essence of like what am I – if I'm right now, like what are your – just write down your favorite things to do. Like that would be like if I am sitting next to Willie and we are making comments and we are playing for like a two-hour stretch, playing blackjack, that's like – I'm a happy human being when that's happening. Right. Well, like the table would stall for like minutes at a time when you would have a double down hand. And I'd be like, you just got to ask yourself one you question. <laughs> you, be- believe you believe in this, in this thing or not? <laughs> <laughs> and the table. Would- and the table. I mean, I would make that comment over and over when I had a big decision to make. And you either enjoyed that or you didn't. Right. And right. we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed the hell out of that. Which was great. And it's like, you know, you, you, you'd you have a 13 and you'd hit and they'd, they'd throw a nine down and it's like a bust. And oh, you'd look at each other and be like, you traded Pena? Traded Pena. And who, is, some, who did he start at first? For some reason. Hattie Berg. Hattie Berg. Hattie Berg. <laughs> and for some reason, that was funny. And the people at the table thought it was funny. Nah, man. The Yankees are paying half of that salary. <laughs> That's how much they think of you. What, you, what are you getting at, Billy? ridiculous absolutely ridiculous i mean did we cover it all like i don't know if we've i mean what are you most excited about i mean we're heading out we're heading out to vegas here's the thing about vegas week and i don't know if this idea exists because i just thought about it the draft is out there by the way which i don't know if that'll like somehow is that gonna intertwine with what we're doing Uh, someone said are they doing it at the bellagio on i said that weird bellagio at on the fountain like are they i don't think so i think they're doing it at the stadium okay because that I don't want that. To what like, I do know is that I tried to get a reservation. Like we're gonna run at, into like. Well, I tried to get a reservation at Beer Park. Mel Kuyper. No, party. He'd be like, "Hey, what's your advice, Mel? We want to do the exact like, opposite." I would, hit, I would hit the ace because it's a terrific. They got a great upside if you hit it. If you not, you can double down. Got great downside with that. If you don't double down, like, like he would come with just like, like thirty second hard hitting sports. Just tell us what you want, Mel. We're gonna do the opposite. Oh, you, re- you really like Jamarcus Russell? You, you think, think he's going to be the next big thing? You or- think Jake Locker's a good pick here? Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Ryan Leaf, big upside? Like, we're going to go the opposite direction here, Mel. But, like, uh, I, what it did more than anything is raise the prices on things. That's so true. we were going to go to... Was, yeah. On, the on, Cosmo. Oh, everything's everything's expensive. But even... Yeah, like, you're right. Like, I was wondering... Because looking at different things, prices were jacked that weekend, and I didn't... It's funny that I didn't put two and two together until a little bit ago. Like, oh, yeah, NFL... I, it's, I bet there's going to be a lot of celebs there. For sure. Well, I tried to make a reservation at uh, Beer Park at Paris, where we've eaten a couple times before, which yeah. is great. It's, it's a, a great out, place. Outdoor... outdoor yeah, highly uh, recommend for people. Right, like a bar on top, a rooftop bar. You were literally the across the street from the fountains on the Bellagio. You could sit outside, eat a burger, drink beer. You're on the strip. You feel the energy. You see the fountains. It's great. Right. So I called the lady. and like, hey, we need a reservation for 14. And she's like, ah, no problem. Then she came back. She's like, ah, actually, the NFL has bought all of our tables for Friday and Saturday night. Damn. So that's where it's catching up to us. Yeah, I mean, there's, there. I bet there's going to be a lot of people. I think a lot that, of celebs. Okay, here's a question for you: biggest celebrity you've seen in Vegas is Jamie Fox. Didn't you see Jamie? Oh, Foxx? we saw. First of all, that's the best. One of the best stories ever. So Matt Matt Mullen, you were referencing earlier. Yeah. We were out there for Brandon Rigoni's uh, special teams captain, captain of Nebraska football. Right. By the way, I saw him the other day. He's like a skinny guy now. Yeah, he's a vegan. Is that what he is? Mm-hmm. I mean, damn, man, that's not yeah. the Rigoni I know. Not, I mean, if you want to be vegan, whatever. But like Rigoni, the Rigoni I knew would like he was like I eat meat for dinner. I mean, for breakfast. he would freaking kill you. But, well, but he so he said uh, 
maybe too much information. He had high cholesterol. He just decided, I'm going to change it. No, and that's so great. He did no, a I bunch, mean, a bunch I mean, of just, things, right? Like, I've lost, like, since we were in Florida, I've lost 30 pounds. 100%. Yeah. I was, Shamu was, I was going to be, I did a 23 and me, and Shamu came back as a, my Sorry, uncle. Sorry, sir. You're going to have to pay for two for that sir, banana your boat. Your uncle is Shamu. I'm like, really? <laughs> so, it's news to me. So. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be $260 on that banana boat. Sir. Are you familiar with Free Willy? <laughs> the whale in Free Willy is your cousin. Damn it. You're like, uh... <laughs> Have you ever seen the blind side? You're Michael Orr times two. Michael Orr is your twin brother. You, is your name Michael Orrs? Uh, <laughs> Okay, sorry. Anyways, anyways, uh, I, forget, I forget where we're, <laughs> we're going. To, Jamie Foxx story. Oh, Jamie Foxx. So we were Biggest at celebrities. Rigoni's be a good wedding. Way to, yeah. After the reception was at Tao. And so we went to Tao, right, at the Venetian. And we were there and having a good time. And, like, it's layered. And so everybody left. And Amy and I and, and uh, Matt and Brooke were like, his, Matt's wife, were like, well, let's just go check this place out. So we walk upstairs. And Jamie Foxx is given an impromptu concert. And when I Only say Vegas. when I say that this guy's talented, oh yeah, he was singing everything, right? And the people were eating it up. Oh, and well, Amy of and Brooke got like front and center, and me and Matt just kind of stood back, got a couple of beers, and watched this thing. I mean, we were up till Liza's five o'clock in the morning <laughs> in Vegas, and we had to leave. We had to leave at like six because you couldn't leave. Well, how do you walk away from like Jamie? Oh, like, you can't until you're not done until he's done. So Jamie Foxx for sure, but you saw Spud. Web. You played Blackjack. I played Blackjack with Spud. Blackjack with Spud. You and Omar played Blackjack. Very first trip to Vegas. Like my dad was explaining Blackjack to me as he was dropping me off at the airport when I was 21, meeting my buddy Omar Wilkes. Omar Wilkes, son of Jamal Wilkes, Silk Wilkes of the Showtime Lakers. Omar Wilkes now the head of Clutch Sports. Yes, that's Rich Paul. LeBron James agency. Omar Wilkes is the man. By the way, have we gotten him out to Vegas? We, he keeps turning us down. Like, he, have we like t- have he, we tried I mean, this he's time? Trey Young's agent. Have we tried this time? He's Trey Young. I text him. He goes, "Dude, it's the playoffs." I'm like, "All right." Well, Trey he's Trey Young. Like he. So Trey, Trey Young. Needs to get we're bounced. taping this on a what is today? Is today Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Trey needs to get bounced. Trey. Well, yeah. We needed Trey Young to not make the playoffs for selfish reasons. But so he was at. He was like in Atlanta last night. So yeah. like he can't come to Vegas with us. But first time I was in Vegas. We go to, what's the, it's off the strip, uh, Palms. Palms. We go to the Palms, and we're playing blackjack, and we sit down. Didn't know we sat down at a $100 table, <laughs> like idiots. So I'm talking two twenty-one, like two twenty-one-year-old idiots who have never played blackjack in their life. I pull out a $100 bill, so does Omar. I'm kind of coaching them. Like, My dad says if you just put on our, like, then, like I was explaining to him. They give us just one black chip, and we were like, what the, f- what? I said, just go with it, man. Just go with it. He goes, what game are we playing? I'm like, we're playing blackjack, man. Just <laughs> so, luckily, Omar Omar had a five and stayed. He, I swear to God, he had a two and a three. He panicked and stayed on a five. On a five. What the dealer have? The dealer bust. Well, luckily, I, I was I was dealt a fa- two face cards. Well, I got king and a queen. What was the dealer showing when he stayed on the five? I don't like maybe a nine. That's not a good stay. No. So when they and and they were doing it face down, not yeah. face up. So when they flipped the cards over. Dude, there was a, another guy sitting at another gentleman. There was an older gentleman sitting at our table. When he saw that Omar had stayed with a five, he goes, huh, I'm out of here. Is that Lee Trevino? Lee Trevino was <laughs> out of here. So Omar then takes it. He's like, I'm done with this. I play like three or four hands in a row and somehow get dealt like hard 20, hard 20, blackjack, hard 20. 
right. win four hundred dollars, and when you're twenty when you're twenty one years old, four hundred dollars, you might as well be like it goes Warren Buffett, <laughs> Elon Musk, me, you know, like. But then we go over to this five dollar table and we're playing, and Spud Webb comes and sits down. Why is Spud Webb playing the five dollar table? I don't know. Spud Webb sits with us, you know, and we've we're drinking, and all, I mean, somehow we get cool with Spud Webb. Spud Webb wants us to come up with him to Club Rain and party with him. So I partied with Spud Webb. I did not cash out my chips. I partied with like $500 worth of chips in my pot. So like if I was dancing, like you could hear the chips like <laughs> swinging around. It was terrible. So Spud, biggest celebrity, Spud Webb. I think that's probably the biggest. And Spud Webb's a very, that's a very like, that's a big celebrity for our age. I mean, I mean, Spud Webb's a big celebrity. We saw Carrie Not, Wood there. That's which was kind of big. Frank Thomas, Jamie Foxx is bigger. Ja- the, but Jamie Fox, it doesn't get much bigger than Jamie. Jamie Foxx Fox wins. But I'm telling you, you know what's crazy though is that first trip to Vegas. I won a lot of money, a lot being relative speaking. I won like two thousand dollars, which is like crazy, right? Yeah. I don't know if I have won. Oh, like even I've not won. I swear to God, I think there's something real to like the blackjack gods and the gambling gods, like giving you a false sense of like, I remember thinking to myself, like when I, cause I was coming back to Creighton and I was like, man, I'm just like, I'm going to go over to the casinos and just like once a month go win $2,000. Like that's how easy it is. They set you up to knock you down. The, totally. So I'm, I'm hoping that changes this. Well, time, well, it's interesting too, as I always say, like, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm 10% addict to everything. Right. So like <laughs> if I if I was one hundred percent addict to something, I would be a junkie and that's not good. But like right. you're, you're 10% addicted, addicted, to, addicted to everything. Right. So it's like, well, you I, yeah, drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, right. whatever. Like I'm ten percent addict and I've been able to manage that and I'm way better now. I'm more like three percent addict right. than I used to be. But like I've talked with people who were full blown gambling addicts, some of them who will be out there with us. And the funny part about it is counterintuitively when you have no money like you kind of want to win money makes sense right right? it's like i'm gonna bet money or bet more money that i don't have with the hopes that i hit the money well when you need it right you push and you press there's a difference between just having fun gambling versus like i need to win this which is kind of similar kind of similar to like there's a difference between having fun watching husker football and i need them to win yes Right. right, it's all it's all the same. Tying that back, it's yeah. all it's all it's all, it's all the very same. centered. And so now, being like forty, when you have some money, it's like I don't even really gamble that much. You know, what right. I mean, I gamble because it's fun, but I'm betting the minimum usually. Yeah, outside of like when I lose. Well, when we, the last when we time was, we were there, when I got my, you know, yeah, you got your shit handed, handed to you to at me. the start, but then Devin Booker Devin saved Booker. you. Yeah, a Phoenix Suns bet brought Willie back Booker. from the death, like the Undertaker meme, like right out of the coffin. Willie I, was back. I love Devin Booker. Devin Booker saved your life that night. I thought we were gonna lose you for the whole trip, man. You got, you got. That was you the got your fanny wax. That was the good out the Antonio. But the point was, the point was that like. You know, anymore, it's like when you have money, you're not betting that much and the stakes aren't well, that high. And so it's way more enjoyable. Me and you, like, I don't, I mean, we, when, when we're bouncing around for trying to find a table, you and I are looking for a, like, ideal, we find like a five or $10 table. Right. Which don't exist hardly ever. I know. You're, What's up with You're that? betting 15. I feel like, I feel like 10 years ago, there was like, I feel like you could find a five or $10 table like everywhere. I feel like that's not the case anymore. Well, you know, my all time be- favorite Vegas story. What? Is. 
So it used to be back in the day. Now this is me being 40. Back in the day. Back in my day, man. But it used to be you make a bet, they give you a drink ticket. Right? So we were out there in the 2016 time frame for I can't remember what. But we went up and we made a $100 sports bet. And we're like, could we get a drink ticket? And they said, no. So what do you mean? They said, well, you got to bet 200 Minimum? 200 on sports, $20 on horses. And I don't know if that was like the rule or if they were just kind of being jerks jerks about it at the Mirage. So anyways, we're like, that's kind of weird. Anyways, we kind of stepped away and I started to look and I'd been to the tracks many times with my grandpa growing up. So I'm not like a rookie rookie to horse racing. And so you start looking around and you're like, all right, here's the deal. Look at freaking Churchill Downs. There's six horses in this slop, and one of these horses is like seven to one to win, or, or one to seven. Yeah. The, the odds are ridiculous. Right. I said, we're going to bet $20 on this horse to pl- to show. J- to show. Okay. So we bet 20 bucks and win a dollar. But you could drink. But we'd get a drink ticket, which in Vegas at the bar is eight bucks. So over the course of the week, and we did this 21 times, we went, we, we won 20 show, show tickets. That netted us twenty nine dollars in profit, and you spent. But you had twenty times nine on Bud Lights, ah, and so we didn't pay for a beer the entire weekend. Smart. And finally, at the end, they were like, one of the guys like, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, you said we're dominating that your system. We're dominating right? your system." He's like, "I would have given you a drink ticket." He said, "Well, yeah, but your other people didn't." And like, I don't know what was wrong with that person. So that guy was fucking with us. Wow. But. We circumvented the system and it was really wow. Fun. That's it. That feels good when like the very very few times in life where you kind of like if you can you, stick it to the you house, can stick it to the house. That's a great Eddie feeling. House, if you can the stick Eddie it house, to the Eddie House, the, like, yes. you feel good about yourself. That's true. That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. So we'll see what. Uh, but I just hope we can find a five dollar, a ten dollar table with at some somewhere. What I hope is what are you most okay? I what are you most looking forward to, Mister? I mean, because it's your technically we're out there for you. You are the superstar. Of the sh- of the weekend, yeah, it's 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 so it's a sentimental answer, I suppose. Like when we go out to Vegas, normally my mo is like I don't give a shit what we do because mm-hmm. I'm happy going out there by myself. Yeah, I that's remember- the beauty of Vegas, by the way, too. Of like it's something forever. If you want to drink all weekend, great. If you want to go to a spa and relax and do like go to a show and eat nice restaurants, great. Right. If you want to party till the sun till the sun rises at Liza's. Do it. You, you can do it. Like there's something for everybody. Right. Well, and like I don't remember where it was years ago. I think we were up. Uh, we were you and I and Bo were actually on a uh, trip out to Colorado, and we were listening to some podcast. Louis C.K. was one of the hosts. Yep. But the but the idea was like adults are like children when they're at a bar. Like they want to be together, but they just want to be around people. Yes. Right. And I to me that's Vegas. It's like right. I want to be with people, but I'm more than happy to like play alone. You're the perfect guy to run into at a bar. Yeah, because well, because I people are the best. Because you are you are fun to talk to. You're a, you're uh, you're interesting. You're enthusiastic, uh, and you're you're fun. You just are gonna have fun. Right. Well, my favorite place in the world is airport bars. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I'm always fascinated with like maybe because I mainly travel like when I'm traveling for like for doing games. Like I mean, I'll be at like at O'Hare. At like 8 a.m. and people are bellied up at the bar and I'm just like, what? Like, what's going on? What's going on there? Something about airports makes it like time. Do- does you talk about time not time existing? Exist. Time doesn't exist in an airport. Right. Well, first of all, I think a lot of people are like, once you get outside your comfort zone, it's like, give me a beer, right? So I think right. there's part of that okay. that exists. 
The other thing is what I love about airports is like I love people, especially if I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> okay, elaborate. Right? So like if you're sitting at an airport bar, it's like, hey, who I'll, are you? You got to leave. I'm fascinated by you, and I and I'm, I'm I'll ask questions and learn right? about you, and we'll be friends for the next three hours, and then you're going to San Antonio, and <laughs> I'm going to Minneapolis, and I never got to see you again. So that's the deal with like by deal with them like they're eventually got to get to gate twenty two. Yeah, you got to get to gate. There's 21. a hard stop. There, like there is a there is a light at the end of the tunnel of when this interaction. Right. Over. Well, and then depending on that relationship, it's like I sure hope this person doesn't get delayed, or I sure hope this person flight is on time. Like what's risky though is I had enough. Befriend, if you befriend somebody that's on your flight. We'll never do that. Yeah, because if, I, if it'd be like, no shit. How about that? Nineteen <laughs> A. I'm nineteen B. Oh you're yeah. Like, and you're, we're Southwest, so we can sit next to each other. Oh, there's like, nothing worse than that. I got to go to the bathroom. That's the worst. You know. It, so what, I, what I'm most excited about, yes. all that is to say is that like most of the times when we go out to Vegas, it's very laissez-faire and like you do what you want. What I'm most excited about is that, one, there's a plan that a I've great planned, plan. which is good. But within that, it's like I'm just excited to be there with the people that I really like. And there's a few of people that I wish that could come that, oh, that yeah. can't because of the reasons that we were talking about earlier, which are understand. Like when we, when we like, you know, we, it, it kind of felt like we were maybe like giving people shit when they can't come. Like there are sometimes people legitimately can't, you come, can't come for real reasons. And like, it's, it's perfectly like, and that's perfectly fine. Right. So like, to me, the, the best part of any Vegas trip is the unknown stories that will be created. Right. Right. And then to, on this specific trip, because it's my birthday, it's like, well, there's going to be other memories that are really specific to this moment in time that are etched into your memory. Right. But I will say, above and beyond that, it's like, let's sit down and let's play some Bernie Sanders blackjack uh, or some Moneyball, Moneyball blackjack. blackjack and, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where stories are made. Yeah. Like, in some ways, a lot of our Vegas trips can kind of run together. But this one will feel – this one feels like it's going to be like a – one that were because it's the 40th birthday, the nature of who's all coming, the amount of people that are coming. Like there are certain Vegas trips that feel like they will stand out. This feels like it's going to be one of them. Right. Well, and I'm always, in, I'm always, my theory on Vegas is like, you, I'm kind of a cheap ass and it's not because I don't have a little bit of money to spend. It's more because like, well, I'm going to spend like two hours a night in a hotel. So I'll, what's the difference if I say it circus, circa or totally circus, circus, or, you know, Cosmopolitan. I, I, I think so. I'm always trying to skimp that way because it just doesn't matter. I'd rather have the money to go do things or gamble. Right. And and this time we're like, no, we're actually going to get a cabana. We're actually going to stay at a nice hotel. Yeah, we're kind of balling a little bit. So we're, we're, we're so we're going a little bit. We're balling which is a little fun. bit. Yeah. Which every once in a while you got to ball. You got to try to ball. Yeah. At, at least a little bit. And that's where it's nice. It's easier to ball when you have a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. That Scale. helps scaling the balling that's going on. Well, this will be fun, man. This is going to be a. Uh, 40th birthday Vegas. I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be one for the ages here. I can't wait. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a good time. Uh, you know. We'll, what we need to do, we need to have a recap. We'll have a recap at some point. We definitely need to, need to come home and and like lick our wounds for like how many days? I mean, we need like two, three f- days at least. Well, I told Amy, I said once once we hit the uh, Moneyball Blackjack, we're not gonna be back for a few days. Like we're gonna stay out there and do some things. Well, that's if I, I'm telling you right now. If I hit the Moneyball Blackjack, I'm your certain boy, your boy, your boy is extending the trip. Well, I told I told uh you know so so Pete Prosco, the guy that we were talking about yep. earlier, I said you know two hundred dollar 
18 parlay pays $30,000. Oh my so God. we're going to eight team or 18, eight. Okay. So we're going to split a hundred to a hundred piece, hit that thing for 30 K and you know, uh, we'll, can I get we'll, in on that? Yeah. We'll have some stories to tell. Uh, can I get in on that? Yeah. 300. Okay. That's right. 45. We'll get in on that. Okay. And a related story. We're going to hit a, hit a big parlay and we're going to, we're going to stay in Vegas for an extended period of time. Any, anything else you want to say to the people out there? Willie? This was fun, man. This is great. You no. are, you are two for two on podcast appearances, my friend. On, like, hitting them out of the park. Well, how hard is it to uh, drink beer and talk things? Right. We're just in my basement hanging out. This has been this has been fantastic. You know, I think my my, my final parting thing is, like, I'm, I'm not uh, so cynical that I don't like Husker football. Like, I think that no, that's... No, yeah, I think complete, I, I think completely understand what you're saying. Parts of it can saying. come off that way, but it's just like... But you love it. I know you love it. 100%. I know you love it. Yeah. But sometimes... What you love the most, you're the most critical of. And what you love the most can bring out some of the most irrational things in you. And so, like, I, yeah, I no, I I completely understand where you're coming from with Nebraska football. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to go 9-3 and three this year. Well, that's what, that's the truth. We, that's made some, the truth. we made some changes. You said you, you're not even sure who the players are. Are you, could you, I mean, do you know that the quarterback's not Adrian Martinez? Well, first of all, I think Adrian Martinez is going to do great at Kansas State, by the way. I'm excited to watch him. I think it's a fantastic fit for him. I'm going to follow him. And I have no idea who our quarterbacks are. Well, you got something to look forward to. Bubba? Chubba. 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 You want Chubba Purdy? Chubba Wumba. With a name like Chubba Wumba. If Chubba Wumba. If he's the QB, it's probably going to be Casey Thompson, the Texas guy that lit Oklahoma up in the Red River rivalry. Right. But they ultimately lost. Who's he handing the ball to? Anthony Grant. Who's blocking? Teddy Perhaska, hopefully, if he recovers. That was the other thing that I said. Teddy la- P. Teddy Pendergrass. That was the other thing that I said last year. Is like, show me a, an offensive or defensive line that is elite, and then I'll get excited. That's the problem. Same thing about like, okay, so we're out in uh, Vegas for NFL draft, right? And you, you, Jets fans up there with his hard hat on, oh, yeah. like, right. ready. He's like, unless you draft. You know, Johnny Speed wide receiver, they're going to get booze. So they pick the best right. left guard possible. And they're like, boo! That pick. And it's like, no, that's a great pick. Right. And so that's another one of those things. Like, Well, I, I think two of the, I mean, I've seen a couple of mock drafts. I mean, I think they're saying that Hutchinson could go number one. The defensive, the end? defensive end from, from Michigan. Michigan. Carl Loftus, the other defensive end for Purdue. Like, Nebraska saw a lot of, in a couple of, all of, all of Ohio State's skill guys are all going to like, feels like they're all first rounders. Right. Well, like, I'm a big, like, you got to have skill guys that are legit. But, right. I mean, you know, you played a lot of quarterback in high school. But no, like, if you don't got the dudes the in the middle, the especially diff- in the Big Ten, you could get in the Big 12 when people are airing it out, like, you could maybe get away with Which is why I think Adrian Martinez got to be at left tackle. But, like, <laughs> you, be- you better have, you know, Peter Pancake yeah, at exactly. left guard <laughs> in the Big Ten. Peter Pancake on the right side, left McGee with McGee on the left. <laughs> do, 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 do. With the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets left Peter Pancake, offensive lineman. It's like you hear it down, you hear it down the Vegas Strip. Boo! boo. Oh, they must have selected Peter like, Pancake. Are they saying boo or boo earns? <laughs> All right, we got to get to a pizza party. Okay, we got to get to a pizza party. All right, bye-bye, everybody. A Huda Media Production.